When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hockey! Yeah. yeah! My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Bergie? that. This is about winning. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show, where this is about effing winning hockey games. And uh, the Wild does it again tonight, improving to 9-3-0 with a uh, very convincing 5-2 win over the uh, feeble Arizona Coyotes, but that's not the point. Zolgad and Declan Goff. Um, Declan, the point is this. The Coyotes stink. That's, gr- that's great. Hot but, I mean, how, how many times have we seen the Minnesota Wild uh, in the past play a team that stinks and make it the game far more difficult than it needs to be, uh, let up for a period, let up at the end of the game? I'm going to give you two things tonight that that I think encapsulate the new wild, the new culture, to use Patrick Royce's favorite word. word. Yep. Just over two minutes left in tonight's game. It's five to two, and the game's done. Um, the Felino Ek Fiala, who had a goal, his first goal since opening night in Anaheim and three points tonight, line comes out, and Felino. Um, works his ass off, gets up a head of steam, uh, brings the puck into the Coyote zone, four checks like crazy, keeps the puck there, and that line creates scoring chances when the game is basically done. Then the Coyotes come back down, and um, Capo Kakinen playing net tonight. The Coyotes, Kraus gets a great chance to score, and Capo, and again, like, okay, it, it could have been 5-3. Capo makes a phenomenal save and, in fact, makes two towards the end, and the defense is basically selling out not to give up a goal. Um, Between that, the speed at which this team plays, there are certain messages being sent that I'd like to get to as well, Mm -hmm. but what a difference in watching this team, and I know it's, what, 12 games in, so small sample size alert, I get all that. But how refreshing is this to see this team look so different and just flat out handle a team that they should without any bleeping drama? I think that's the biggest thing that I take away when you play a team like Arizona, who's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona's not good. Uh, you should absolutely control the pace and control the entire game, and, and they did that tonight from the start, from the jump. Um, Arizona's going to be pretty bad this year. And I think, uh, number one, my big, my other biggest takeaway is watching this game on TNT, which I love watching a different broadcast. Uh, the, it was very interesting 
to hear what was clearly said because when national TV, this happens in football a lot because obviously it's, it's national broadcast and you have different broadcasters that are coming in and out week in, week out. And it was very clear, and you tweeted this, and I was noticing it, and I'm guessing a lot of Wild fans noticed this too. Everson clearly made it clear to this broadcast team that this is a team effort. This is about having a voice. Everyone here can step up. Everyone here has a say. This is not about individual success. It piggybacks off his comments uh, from the last game out at home that said, who cares about individual success? If we're getting two points, that's what all I care about. The broadcast talked about not extending shifts from individual players. Yep. It's kind of funny because it can be very easy, I think, as a broadcast crew to crutch to the Parisi and Suter era. And then when you look at this wild team and not knowing a lot, who, like, who is Duhaim? What, what's Duhaim? You know, I'm sure that even the pronunciation could be correct. What, what's Nico Sturm? What the hell? Who is that? Dmitry Kulikov? Was, wasn't he with the Jets last year? It could have been very easy for a broadcast crew to look at this team and say, but remember Zach and Ryan, and now they're in a transitional period. Nuh-uh. Like, no. This team's winning games, and also the burrata of this team is completely different. It's a completely different 180. The broadcasters note it, and I know sometimes the coaches obviously tell them that in their one-on-ones and the availability, but it was clear on the broadcast tonight that this is it – was, it was funny hearing the subtle shots, basically, at the former Wild versus this current group of the Wild. Yeah, I love it. Dean has uh, clearly – taking the gloves off and th- this must be an indication of the hell the Parisi and Suter in particular put this team through because yeah these last two games uh Dean's post-game comments uh, after the wild beat Parisi and the Islanders on Sunday and then tonight with what they shared with the TNT crew which I thought did an outstanding job uh the gloves are completely off and it's great and you know what the best part was when, when they talked about the uh the shifts now being shorter which is which is a direct shot to zach extending the shift trying to and i put this in air quotes trying to get felino the hat trick in vegas last season um they quantify it as well by coming out and telling the the uh, tnt crew one reason why we think we've had so much success tying those games up late is because guys are still fresh because they haven't overextended themselves so it's quantified as well it's great the thing about this team, too, and, and I mean, this is this is not the culture change. This is the physical change. My God, how fun is it to watch the speed of this team? Like, the thing about it is, so the Coyotes have a bunch of vets. The Coyotes are basically what the Wild could have been worst case. Like, they've got a bunch of names. They're, they're names that we've heard. Uh, but they're slower now, and they're sort of disjointed. I mean, Kessel's there. Don't forget, Paul Fenton tried to obtain Phil Kessel from the Penguins for Zucker before Garen successfully traded Zucker to the Penguins. Um, So they're sort of just like slow and plodding, and they got names, but they're really not that good now. And you watch the Wild go, and oh my God, they go, go, go. It's just great. It's so much fun to see a team that can play at pace. And this team can play at at pace. And that is why, to track back to keeping their uh, shift shorter, that is why that's so imperative. Because they play at pace, you don't want a guy trying to say, well, I'll, you know what, I'll stay out here, right? Yeah. So all of this actually works together. And my God, Eureka, when things work together, when there's chemistry, when people listen to the coach, amazing what the team can do, Declan. Absolutely incredible. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, Gus Austin right here on our YouTube channel. And by the way, if you're consuming us near midnight, thank you. We appreciate you guys. Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff here uh, on Score North's YouTube channel. If you want daily Minnesota Wild conversations or close to it, hit that subscribe button. Ant Edwards and the Timberwolves uh, uh, got beat by the Golden State Warriors, but a big performance from Ant and Andrew Wiggins on a revenge tour. I'm sure we'll talk about that tomorrow with Darren Doogie Wolfson. So if you're looking for Timberwolves therapy, not right this second, oh, I got but no... I promise you yeah, we will got... have some well, we'll locked and loaded tomorrow. Yeah, so it's if not... you want, if you're it's looking be... for it's not therapy because no. anybody like Mackie who's still on that train deserves yeah. a slap upside the head. That's it's what they're going to get tomorrow. It's true. Hit the subscribe button for Minnesota Wild, Timberwolves, and Bonus Vikings, and even, yeah, Minnesota Twins conversations right here uh, on, on the Score North YouTube channel. To your point about average shift length, um, this is from Natural Stat Trick. So looking at players, uh, they, they, they track their shifts, shift lengths, basically. And Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Eck. Uh, their average shift length was over a minute tonight. So Kaprizov at 113, Judd, Zuccarello at 110, Erickson Eck at 105. Everyone else in that 50 to 55 second kind of little sweet spot there. I mean, they also track what, what's tracked as long shifts. And basically only three players took shifts over, over long shifts of four times tonight. So Ryan Hartman, uh, John Merrill, Merrill and Dmitry Kulikov all had shifts uh, that were extended tonight. And but you know, are, yeah, it, it's it's different with defensemen because they're going to log lo- longer minutes, Absolutely. and obviously, too, um, it's indicative on penalty kill. So it there's situational things that go there, but there is something about having fresh legs. You know, legs feed the wolves, right? That's the old Herb Brooks metaphor. Um, that Parise and Suter, and Suter more than Parise, I will say. Suter would stay on the ice for the entire 60 minutes, I think, if it was up to him. Uh, but the unselfishness of this team, and, and that's why, uh, you know, look at look at the complete 180 overhaul of the leadership of, of who wears the letters in that room. Jared Spurgeon, a quiet leader, right? A, a, a quiet leader who goes about his business in a very professional way. Not a, not a Barada guy, not a guy that's going to get in your face by any means. Uh, but definitely not an overly confident person. You have someone like Marcus Foligno who lifts everyone else up in that room. And if you mess with anyone, you're going to be the first, he's going to be the first guy to deal with you. And then Matt Dumba, who clearly is the hype man. Like if if you just want to look at the three guys of who's the most uh, uh, embraceive and who is the most, um, someone that lifts up everyone in that room, it's Matt Dumba. And that, and he has taken a humongous step forward. And, And there was plays tonight. That were classic Matt Dumba, right? There was two gaffes at the blue line. Oh, the breakaway, his, yeah. His breakaway like goal from Andrew Ladd that, that scored that goal completely on Dumba as well. But those type of miscues from Dumba, which I'm sure drive some fans, and obviously, too, probably coaching even crazier, are mm-hmm. worth it for the other things that he brings to this team. And I, I, I don't get too upset about situations like that where he misses a puck against the wall or his turnover leads to this happening the other way. Um, because he brings so many other positive things, and it, he is now empowered. Like Matt yeah. Dumba, I think has been empowered for the last few years. So I'm not trying to say it, it, it's flipped a switch overnight from game one of this season in 21, 22. Uh, but there isn't this other weirdness in the room, and that's also I think why you've always said for a long time that's why it just and unfortunately didn't work with the core supplemental players of Nino, Coyle, Zucker, Grandlin because they were good players in the ice, but they never really took leadership roles they never really took this next, they weren't allowed to. next step up and they weren't allowed to and they didn't feel empowered to do so 
Yep. Um, yep. And and fans loved them, and that's fine. You know, I, I hey, I'm still a fan of this team, and I I loved watching some of those guys too. Yeah, but they never, but they never took that next other step, right? And and it's different with this group. You can see it all over. Yes, and because they the problem was they were young and they weren't empowered, and they were good players, but there were so many locker room lawyers. That's the problem. You had I'm you know I mean. They talked about Koivu, you know, longtime captain, but then Pang immediately said, and he was told this clearly, it was time for a change. Uh, there were so many people in that locker room who, who basically took the life from those guys. And then they became, you know, that young core eventually became their own problem. And so, yeah, this is just the Felino thing to me, too. What's so impressive there is this one. So, since his so his first year here was a disappointment for sure. Starting with his second year, you he improved a lot, and you could tell that there was a lot of there there as far as his ability to lead. Uh, but what makes this so impressive now is they finally with Prezi and Sudergan gave him an A, and his play has again responded to it. Like it would be one thing if Marcus, because uh, he's a good guy, he can lead, he's a smart guy. But if he was playing okay, it, it'd be like, okay, you know, that's good. But his aggressiveness, his abilities, and the fact that, that he is putting up points, a goal tonight, um, the fact that he is basically walking the walk as well, statistically, is so important because he has now accelerated his play to a point where it's got to be incredibly easy to follow him because he's good. He's really good now. And yeah, this this is just this is everything this team is able to do. Again, it's early, but everything that they do is really fun to see because from the speed of this team to the attitude to I love the fact that Dean is taking shots without taking shots. He's taking shots. I love that because he's making it very clear. Number one, these guys made my life hell. And number two. Um, the difference here is so apparent. And look, the credit there starts with Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin's the one that looked at Suter and said, I could keep him, but I'm not going to. Parisi was easy. Like, Parisi can't skate anymore. He's just slow. Um, buying out Zach financially hurts, but that was a slam dunk, right? It would have been very easy to say, hey, you know, Ryan's paid a lot. We might as well keep, keep him. He can still play. But you look at the difference with this team attitude-wise. You look at the fact that I contend this. Jared Spurgeon Dex has been good for a long time, but I think without Suter there as, as uh, um, I don't know what the word is, but to bog him down, I got to play with Jared. Jared's my guy. I got to play with him. The Goligoski-Spurgeon pair to me frees up Spurgeon to be the, the quote-unquote star of that pairing. And I think he's improved himself. So, yeah, there's just so many things. And, I, and you know, Dex, I think the last thing that we had talked about as far as being a little bit skeptical was the fact that up until the last two games, uh, Kappa would played one game yeah. in goal, and it was Cam Talbot, Cam Talbot, Cam Talbot. Well, the last two games now, Kapo's played, got some confidence. I have very few complaints right now mm. with how this team is going about its business as far as its play and as far as the approach to that play. Yeah, I, I think Kapo Kakinen, um 
for him to get the second start against a lowlier Coyotes team was the right call. Yep. Um, look, you're going to have to play this guy for two reasons. Number one, to not burn out Talbot. And the, and to figure out if he's indeed the backup goalie that can can spell him and also can, can steal a game for you here and there. When you play a team like Arizona, who is not very good, which is the evidence is right in your face after the 60-minute perform, performance you saw here on Wednesday evening, um, Capo Kakinen delivered for you. He, he absolutely delivered, and you needed to see that. You get Vegas tomorrow. It's going to be a, a, a second of a back-to-back. The Wild are going to be a little bit gassed, and it, it obviously adva- advantage Vegas. That'll be obvious, but you want your best players in the ice there. Cam Talbot's clearly the better goaltender, so I, I respected the decision to go from Capo to Capo back-to-back starts um, and then giving Cam Talbot the game against Vegas. You needed to see two very strong performances from Capo because I— I am still wary that he is the in, in, indeed a backup goalie that you can trust, um, but he's still young. You know, you don't want to basically give up on one. You don't want to turn into a Darcy Kemper situation no. or a similar situation to that, I should say, where Darcy was given up on at a young age. He actually he ironically goes to Arizona, kind of resurrects his career, and now he's the number one goalie on what you could make is the best team in the NHL or has the best odds to win the Stanley Cup, maybe, in the Colorado Avalanche. Um, so... For Capo to come out, I think, and play a, a big game tonight, a lot of guys needed to step up. I know we've been on a, a nice little soapbox here of, of this new age wild, but a lot of guys, I think, needed a performance like this tonight, including my guy, Kevin Fiala, too, who was brilliant once again and finally gets rewarded with the box. I and mean, he's, he been was, well. he's been playing well, too. Uh, I mean, a beast tonight. And obviously, I'm his number one fan, and I, 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 will, I won't shy from that. But I like that he, line, Declan. He, I like that line. He was once again phenomenal tonight. You yep. notice him the entire time. Oh, he's been, and he's been, I think, really good for how long? Three or four, four games? Yeah. Very, like he's very not, strong. He's not been scoring goals, but I think this line, I think I love the fact that they put him with Eck and Felino, who are both good players. And that, but those two guys work so hard, you have to work. And the, the great thing is, yes, he has to work. But look at the goal tonight. I mean, that's a phenomenal goal. That is a goal score. That's a beautiful goal. It, that's all hand-eye coordination. Goal of the year, count. Yeah, it's great <laughs> stuff. So, so I really so. But that's the thing again, too. The X that's so important. We're no longer watching a team where I have to play with this guy. Oh, I'm not on the first line. What's going on here? Kevin is. That's not fair. That's not fair. You know, Jordan Greenway comes back. To, tonight and when he was plugged in exactly where Jordan Greenway should be right now the fourth line um you know previously there would have been locker room lawyers telling the head coach oh I think he's got to do this and I need to do that and you're telling I mean that's what they're telling us they they are they are without naming names saying that and instead they have the freedom and they should to say Kevin Fiala let's try him here oh hey it works right so I just, I think the fact that Kevin got a goal and what two assists as well is a big deal, and that's great. But I also lo- love the fact that for the past three or four games, with that line, mm-hmm. you you could see this coming. Like yep. like it, it's not like because the old the old wild would have been this. Kevin Fiala would have played okay, not great, and then tonight against a bad team turned on the jets right that wasn't that's what not what happened and that's what i appreciate 
No doubt. And even just looking at uh, the minutes tonight, Kevin Fiala, you know, there was, let's see here, if I do quick math, one, two, three, four, five, five other forwards, I should say, played more minutes in the night. He only logged 1403, uh, according to Natural Stat Trick tonight. Yep. So only 14 minutes tonight. Yep. But uh, Corsi wise, he was a beast. He was 19 for six in terms of Corsi four and Corsi against. So that means he was on the ice for 19 shot attempts, for, or 19 shot attempts four versus six allowed. He obviously was creating chances up and down the ice. And when you put him with a guy, basically uh, with Joel Erickson Eck and Marcus Foligno, who are a little bit more defensively responsible. Look, Fiala's getting more empowered on the penalty kill. We love that. I love that opportunity for him. Uh, but but he can be a liability defensively. No one's going to shy away from that. Uh, but for him to be with Eck, I think, says a lot uh, about about what they trust in him and how that can bring the most out of him. And Eck is going to be able to kind of make up for some of those warts that Fiala does, just pulling up what he's been able to do so far this season with Joel Erickson Eck uh, in terms of, of course, you four percentage. I mean, all right, here, here's, here's what I got here as, as I pull it up. So, and, it, and, oh, I, I was just go, going to say quickly for those who don't know, explain Corsi four. So Corsi four is all shots attempts and all shots allowed. So Corsi four being all shots attempts, shots on goal, shots sure. attempted, shots blocked. Sure. Corsi against being all those things, but allowed. Um, so 50% being completely average. So you obviously want to be over that. It, there's no necessarily possession metric yet with with statistics. But if you're out shooting opponents when you're on the ice, that's the closest thing we can get in terms of, of possession metrics, right? So, so far this season, Kevin Fiala has spent 56 minutes with Joel Eriksson Ek, And he has a Corsi 4 per 60 of 75.3. Wow. So that means if when when those two are on the ice over a sixty minute period, yep. they are out shooting in all in all attempts seventy five percent of the time. So when they're on the ice, they are out shooting opponents seventy five to twenty five percent, which wow. is insane. That's not sustainable, but it's insane in a limited sample size because we've already seen how well they are together. Yep. And we've said for years, or not years, the last two years, because Kevin's only been here for a little bit. I know time flies, uh, and time goes quicker than we think it does. But Fiala needs the center. You put Kirill Kaprizov with not necessarily anyone, but you put him with Frederick Goudreau, and it's fine, because he's Kirill Kaprizov, right? Kevin needs someone that's more responsible. Kevin needs someone that can help him out a little bit more to elevate his game. Yes. And those numbers right there speak everything you need to know about what those two do can, can do on the ice together. Yep, and and Eck, Eck is good. He's not great. He's good, but he also works his butt off, right? And, and I think that that has a positive impression on Kevin. And so, yeah, the, the chemistry of this line, I absolutely love. I think it's the great – it's great because there's no doubt about the fact that Fiala is the most talented player on the line with Eck and Felino Declan. But that being said, he's also challenged to work his ass off and he and he can do it. And so, like, this is all about what? Pushing the right buttons. And when you have veteran players who get in the way of that and eye roll, and if somebody makes a mistake, they're like, this isn't working, and they can't believe that they're not playing more, it's hard to push the buttons when you have players, no matter how good they might be, defeating that. And that's all gone now. And so you can experiment. You can put guys together. You can break them up. Um, some of it I like, some of it I might not like, but it all comes from a place of trying to do the right thing. And 
not trying to make people happy, right? Like, how long was this all about? I mean, Dex, look at the defenseman tonight, okay? Um, first of all, the third pairing of Kulikov and Merrill was damn good. Uh, Merrill had two assists. Kulikov had a goal. Uh, John Merrill played 1801. Kulikov played 1819. The first pairing of Spurgeon and Goligoski. Spurgeon played 1832, and Goligoski played 1854. That is unbelievably close. Like, think about that. If if Suter's on the ice tonight, he's playing 24 to 25 for sure, right? So basically, your your two first pairing defensemen played approximately the same as your two third pairing D-men. And, and Brodeen and Dumba, Dumba played 22-49, and Brodeen played 21-04. So they actually played the most. And they're really good, but that's your second pairing. So, like, I mean, these are small things, but they're huge. They're absolutely huge because they are so drastically different than what this team had established uh, because certain people had established it before. And and this is this is the difference. Like, this is the difference between why does the Wild look different? Why does the Wild look like they're cohesive now? Why does this team, which appears to be pretty damn good, uh, why can they go play a bad team and truck them? As opposed to, whoo, escaped with a narrow victory against the Coyotes because in the third period, they essentially took a nap. So, yeah, I mean, this is just such an interesting, it's starting to play out now, and it's such an interesting conversation to me to go through the differences in how things are done now and why that has had such a positive impact on this team. Yeah, you you need basically a bunch of different defensemen who can roll here. I mean, when you lost Ryan Suter and you lost Carson Soucy and Ian Cole, but look, don't don't sleep on Ian Cole either. That you basically lost three guys who were eating up. You could probably say close to fifty percent of your minutes last season. I would think if if math serves me right there, and that's hard to replace. And Alex Galagoski is basically diet Ryan Suter um, really like for, for 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 a one year deal. Yep. Um, you had to overpay for him to come back home, and if he wants to stay here long term, I'm encouraged by that. I'm not. I wouldn't pay him the same figure again. They're but not he's been he's been a godsend. Yep. Um, Dmitry Kulikov and John Merrill. Merrill had a rough game on Monday. Um, who, who was here on Monday the other night? Um, at at home and at, at St. Paul on uh, Sunday. Excuse me, against the Islanders. Islanders. Against the Islanders. Merrill didn't Islanders. look too great. You and I are both like, oh, okay. Here here's yep. John Merrill. Right. Here's your third pairing defenseman who's yep. going to have a brutal game every once in a while. But in general, him and Kulikov have played very well. Um, and Kalen Addison's in the wings ready to roll. But there's it, it's kind of a, a, a fun decision to make. There are good problems to have where I would like to see Kalen Addison up here playing 13, 14 minutes a night, especially if you're going to have three defensive pairings, Judd, that roll very evenly. It's not like that defensive pairing is only going to play nine, eight minutes a night. If that was the case, then I would say keep Addison down there. Yep. But these are good problems to have. Um, Absolutely, yeah. because because now you got basically John Merrill and Kulikov who can round out your third defensive pairing, and they're not liabilities. It's not um, it's it's not a situation where you're just throwing guys out there to log on minutes. These guys are actually contributing. Yes, and and the thing that I like so it's not that I think Merrill's a great player, but what I like is if you're going to play him, he plays right. So that that's what I like. I I like the fact that they basically say, hey, dude. If we consider you to be good enough to play, you're going to play. Um, 
all of these things are different. All of these things are, are drastically different from the way things were here. And, and you now earn your time. But if, but if you earn your time, you're going to play. You're not going to be like, well, dude, uh, come off the ice and don't play as much because I need to play more. And so it's just these, it's, it's in some ways subtle, in some ways not, but it's so important. So they say, if you are going to be a third pairing defenseman on this team now, Declan, you're going to play. And it's not going to be, ah, sorry about that. You're going to play, you know, man, well, third periods come around. We're going to get you on the ice for a couple and that's it. So it's incredibly important. Um, I do want to get to Kaprizov because he scored a goal tonight and reached a milestone. But before we do that, I want to, um, I want to plug our, our friends or my friends in particular, Livia weight control centers, because, well, let's just say that uh, five weeks ago I went there. I went to the one in Tonka for, mm-hmm. for the first time. Six Twin Cities locations, Declan Goff weighed 240 pounds, which was far too much. And I don't know if you can see it on the shows or not, but my, the face is thinner. I noticed. I've you're lost some weight there. that beard. It was kind of hiding in a little bit. I know, but now I've, I've got the beard trimmed up. Right. Um, and I weighed in last Thursday. And I was down to 218 pounds. So I believe if you do the math on that, that's about 21 pounds down. I weigh in again tomorrow. Um, the weight is going to continue to come off. I'm going to get to hopefully 200 pounds. And then I'm going to stay there. And if this sounds good to you, if you think to yourself, well, my clothes don't fit great. I'd like to be like Judd and lose weight. Here's the best part. Limited time offer. First 10 weeks are free. First 10 weeks are free. So I'm five weeks in, 21 pounds down. Livia.com or 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com or 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Check them out. Tell them Score North and Judd told you to do so. Kirill Kaprizov tonight, 30th career goal, Declan Goff. He did it in 67 games, uh-huh. just, for, just uh, for the context, because TNT showed the graphic. He surpassed... The previous fastest, not surprisingly, Marion Gabrick, 30 goals in 93 games. The rest of the list, Zucker, Zucker. 30 goals in 106 games. And then Pasquale Dupuis oh my God. is the last guy that TNT showed on the list, 30 goals in his <laughs> first 135 games. Um, I have been very encouraged by what I've seen of Kaprizov for the past three or four games as well. How about you? Yeah, I I think oh, just, just one shot on goal tonight. Um, I got it right here. Hold on a second. I thought, well, he, he missed the net from the slot yeah. early on right. and could have scored there too. Um, shots on goal for Kirill Kaprizov. Yes, credit with one just shot. one on shot goal. on goal. Which yeah, is, I'd like to see you more know, than that. We'd, we'd love to see more shots, but I mean. He was passing just, a lot. Just when you even, because uh, I know Minnesota Wild PR also tweeted out this list. When you when you look at the fewest games to reach thirty goals of active players, so Alexander Ovechkin did it in forty three games, Patrick Laine did it in fifty five, Brock Besser in sixty, Austin Matthews sixty one, Malkin yep. sixty three, Sydney sixty three, um, Kirill Kaprizov sixty seven. This is just this team has been starved for natural goal scores like this. This is this is also, a, and it's another conversation in a conversation of why them not figuring out a way to extend Kevin Fiala this year is, is going to bite them um, because Kevin is going to possibly have another very Kevin Fiala season 
and he's going to outprice them. He's going to outprice them easily. And maybe he takes a team-friendly deal. Maybe. But if I'm Kevin Fiala and I've gone two straight summers without the long-term deal, I'm not saying screw you, but I'm also going to say I'm going to listen to offers. And I know he's still an RFA next summer. So luckily, the Wild control his rights, and that's a big thing. But offer sheets still exist in this league. And if another team wants to do that and the Wild will be forced to offer that or give him away, basically, Mm -hmm. that's another conundrum for the Wild. That's a a card against them. Um, But Kirill, to your point, yes, he's been looking more and more like himself. He's been mostly fine this season. I mean, he's shooting the puck a ton. Uh, It's just you can tell other teams have done their due diligence on taking areas away from him. Uh, to, to create highlight real goals. And I think that's what was so confusing to me. Was it opposition, you know, taking away those chances? Was that Kirill not feeling as confident to take shots and take opportunities to shoot, to shoot more from high danger situations? And by the way, he wasn't shooting in high danger situations as much early on this season than he was last season. So that's why the goal differential was a little bit down, but he, but he, draws so much attention he does so many things that if he's not scoring as many goals right now i'm okay with it like it doesn't bug me but in general this is why like when you play a team like the coyotes where kevin fiala gets on track and kirill gets on track and everyone gets on the score sheet it's kind of like what the doctor ordered it's exactly what you needed to get everyone back on track yeah um one shot on goals is not enough uh he he did have as i said caprice had a chance i think it was early in the first period from the slot he just missed uh so that technically is two shots at least attempted one shot on goal is not enough for him but i like where his game is going and he's beginning to look more comfortable and hopefully the next thing is is more shots although i think he did start to shoot more as well uh the goal he scored was a thing of beauty the the zuccarello passing back and forth uh i think it was on a power play behind the net and then he comes out and as a as pang said on the tnt telecast when he does that he moves so fast you can't stop him like he's just bang like that um the last thing i want to mention is this turner's telecasts really impressed me I, i'm not sure about you but the studio show i, I mean we we both like yeah. uh biz uh, Turner's stuff impresses me. Darren Pang is great. Um, they, they had, uh, what, Jen Botterill between the benches. She's great. Brendan Burke uh, did play-by-play. He's really good. I I like what ESPN is trying to do with programming and, like, doing more shows and stuff. But I think for flat-out game coverage, Turner is better yeah. right now, which I am shocked by. Like, I thought it would take him some time. Because they they have they have not done the sport before, but my God, I think they have come out and been outstanding. Uh, for the most part, I think the majority of the people that they have hired have been great. I am really impressed by what they've done. I, I love this. This is what drove me so crazy. It's, it still drives me crazy to a degree about the NHL, and I love that it's a cult following sport. I love the people that the people that consume the NHL want great coverage, and rightfully so. I I don't I don't look down on someone who thinks that but I do look down on hockey fans who get upset why ESPN doesn't talk about you or why they don't talk about you in the same vein as the NBA because you're really not that interesting and the people that talk about you aren't that interesting and that's what happened when you were locked in to NBC Sports for all those years OLN which you know um, versus network for God's sakes like the boneheaded decisions that this 
league made to market itself from a national oh, yeah. side is is baffling to me. I want I want a 30 for 30 short just on those decisions because it's so confusing to me. So when you have TNT you though, they yeah. got money and I understand I understand the reasons it, That's it's, why it's, they did it was it. in your wallets, but seeing biz tonight basically I mean drop a, a quote-unquote swear word there at the beginning of, of the telecast. And he says, how is being an asshole getting getting the best out of people around you? Obviously talking about the Ducks general manager that was like, that, that, that stepped Bob up. Murray, yeah. Bob Murray, that stepped down from his position today. Yep. I love that. This league is always walking on eggshells over every damn that thing. That studio show is not. It's great. That, and, and they need that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think everything that, that they do surrounding the game is the best right now so like the espn has the more product like they show more and Mm -hmm. clearly and their their ancillary programming is fine but the studio show the play-by-play the game coverage turner leads right now i mean i just think it's great and and just the stuff that they isolated on tonight um was outstanding Mm -hmm. uh it, it was just what they they did some packages of of certain plays. Oh, I, I think one was the wild penalty kill or their defensive responsibility. It was really, really interesting. It was really good. It was fast, but but it's the type of thing you don't get. So, yeah, kudos to them. I don't know exactly why they were showing a Coyotes wild game. I might have I might have gone after a Kraken wild game yeah. or a Kings wild game. Well, I will that was say, fun to watch. I don't think there this was like one of what two games on tonight, right? Like I, there were three games around yeah. the league tonight, and they are and they are intent on doing uh, West Coast games. So that's why. But I'm so just that, saying. yeah, th- th- that is that is probably a big reason. But I mean, yeah, I love it. I mean, the, the I think it's the crease or the point. I forget the exact one that's on every Thursday with with John Butchagrass yeah, and Lee Kaplan and Kevin yeah. Weeks, and I yep. love that stuff. I mean, that's th- th- that that's great for your for the league. They need this. They, they. I think that's my biggest thing: is why mm-hmm. is hockey always never respected as much as other leagues? Because you're not interesting, and you're not on the major networks either. Yep. And th- this kind of marketing and this kind of ideas, like getting Charles Barkley on to, to talk about hockey, which they did on opening night, I love that. Biz, Biz is the person that can rise it. Like Biz, to me, who is involved with barstool and and does spit and chicklets and does all these great stuff. Yep, he's kind of like basically if. If, and they'd be, they'd be smart to do this too. And if NFL marketing and PR is watching this, it'd be empower Pat McAfee. I mean, he's kind of their Pat McAfee where he, he yeah. will say whatever the hell comes into his mind. If the NFL is smart, they would put Pat McAfee not just oh, no, not no, just no. on his own little thing, but but on, his, on ESPN or on CBS or on Fox in a no, pregame or a halftime show. But they're terrified of him. Where yep. Biz, this is exactly what this sport needs. They need yes. people like that who are brash. And I, I think the TNT studio show, I don't don't think that this is a hot take or going out on a ledge. Better when Gretzky's not there. I agree. Wayne sort of brings it away. Like he's Wayne, and so they defer to Wayne. And Wayne doesn't have that much to say. Um, I think that 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 show with with uh, Biz Anson Carter and Tockett is really good. And Tockett, who I thought was sort of slow to start off with. Yeah. He'll say, he'll say stuff now. I mean, he's got he's got some fire to him. The key is what you just said. Hockey people ordinarily don't like to show that, and if you can get that from them, it can be really good. So, but that was an impressive game. Yes, the Coyotes stink, but there were a lot of things that we just discussed that I that I think 
are takeaways from mm-hmm. what the Wild did that just show how different this team is constructed and looks. And I don't think it's – I really don't think it's short-term. Like, it no. doesn't feel like it's a, hey, in 10 games, they'll be back to being the old Wild again, right? It feels like it's a sustainable model. They will slump. I totally get that. But they're not going to slump because guys are like, well, I'm not playing enough, so bleep this. Just refreshing to see. That's my my last yeah, thought. My final I, thought. I, I love it too. Um, the, the, this team is a lot different. They're off to their second best start in, in, in franchise history so far. This has been phenomenal for them to see. They've been winning games when things aren't working. You know, their special teams isn't great. Uh, Cam Talbot hasn't been phenomenal. Kirill Kaprizov and Fiala haven't, haven't up until tonight been scoring a lot of goals, but they're still finding ways to win. This is what you need. Liam McHugh and um, and also the intermission report were talking about how important it is to be in that top eight around Thanksgiving time. We're two weeks from Thanksgiving as of a recording right now, and if you're in that top eight, the odds that you are in the playoffs are in, are very, very high. And right now the Wild, what, have the third most points in the NHL, I believe, um, through the first dozen games or so. So th- th- they're sitting pretty here. You need to make hay against these bad teams. Get off to a hot start. This is good. They're, look, a swoon season, which tends to happen in January and was more of a Mike Yo special. Th- this team will hit a swoon. It, it yeah. will. It'll hit a skid. But how they get oh, sure. out of that skid? How do they How do they handle adversity? I think, I think honestly, Judd, that's what I'm more curious. What happens when this team hits a skid? Well, um, the thing with Yo teams was this, though. They, they would hit a skid and free fall. You can't free fall. Like, you can have five games where you don't play well. But I think the difference is, and it, it, of course, remains to be seen, I think the difference is the Felinos of the world aren't going to allow this team to go literally 8 to 12 games where they just basically give up. That mm-hmm. was the problem. In fact, quickly, before we wrap up here, Declan, so the Wilds' best start, uh, previous to this, 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. that team started 9-1-0. and 9-1-0. and And if you recall, that's the team that um, well. in late March of 2007 mm-hmm. went to Colorado and lost 2-1 to and I believe was on the verge of being knocked out of the playoffs. And then in typical wild, furious rally fashion, they won back-to-back games against the Oilers. They beat St. Louis, and um, they finished uh, in the playoffs, I believe. But the fact is they almost blew it, and I'm going through the schedule here, and there were far too many, you know, ups and downs and ups and downs. So I think they'll hit a skid, this team for sure. They'll probably hit two. But what they won't do is that skid won't turn into a free fall. So no. I, that's that's the most important thing. I'm so tired of that. All right, we are uh, done. Say your piece, Declan Goff. Pass your score. Rate, subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This is Mackie and Judd. Judd and Declan for this show. On this show, it's very simple. We want cups. That's all we want. We just want some cups.